what Mother Aya showed me, which has really, really stuck with me in my mind, is visualizing whoever the person is that is hurting you or causing you disharmony or aggression or whatever it is, not viewing them as they are, but viewing them as their wounded inner child. And to see them instead, and what do you do with a wounded child? You don't respond back with anger and aggression. You don't take them seriously at the level where you, you bring that behavior back. No, you give them love and you give them compassion and you hold space and empathy for them. Welcome to Doing It For The Dharma. In this series, we'll be following the stories of inspiring humans who are following their soul's calling. I'm your host, Maddie Lynch, the vegan yogi traveler, and it is my mission to share these inspiring stories with you so that you too can feel the inspiration to follow your dharma. In this episode, I share with you the power of embracing change, which I've been doing for the past four months, traveling through conscious communities based on my intuition. I share with you some of the lessons I've learned using sacred plant medicine, ayahuasca. I share a little bit about my twin flame connection, lucid dreaming, connecting to my angels, and I just share all of the the magic that I've been experiencing in these past four months. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Welcome guys to a brand new season of Doing It For The Dharma. If you are new here, my name is Maddie. I also go by the name of the vegan yogi traveler, often on my social media. And yeah, I'm here with you to share inspiring stories of amazing human beings who are following their dharma, who are following their soul's calling, who are living out their truth in every sense of the word. And I'm so happy to be that energetic space holder for these stories to be shared and and listened to and to dive deeper with any questions that do pop up and I will occasionally like so share with you some of my own stories that I have going on and I'm so happy to be back. I did take an unintentional break um, for a few months so if you are catching up with my other episodes you'll know that I was essentially stuck in Australia thanks to COVID and basically I ended up just staying here and riding that wave out and just hopping around conscious yoga communities. I've bounced around a lot now and and most of the time they didn't have wi-fi. We were in the middle of the Australian bush with like no electricity. We just kind of had solar and had to rely on these sorts of things which has been absolutely amazing. Such an incredible experience and I've learned so many lessons along the way and I've grown a crazy amount but I'm back now. I'm currently living in a little hippie town um, called Bellingham in New South Wales in Australia. And if you're familiar with Byron Bay, it's it's not that far away. It's probably like, I don't know, two, two hours drive, maybe at a guess. But um, it's essentially what Byron Bay used to be like probably in the 70s. So like just a bunch of hippies just moved to this town and you know, Byron became very, very commercialized and touristic and it's just, it's hectic down there now, or it was before. 
Whereas Bellingham, like no one really knows about it and it's still got that huge community feel. Everyone knows each other, everyone's helping each other out and there's like amazing events on like drumming circles three or four times a week, yoga, meditation, there's markets twice a week and one of the most famous markets in the whole freaking region takes place right here and it's huge. So yeah, this place is all about being organic and earth friendly and just being connected to that higher way of living. So I'm absolutely loving it here and how I got here was so serendipitous. So I'm super happy how that all played out. But if you've listened to the other episodes, I'm all about trusting those signs, trusting those little inklings, those inner callings that you have and you don't know why they're why they're there or why they're coming up, but you just trust them and follow them anyway and just know that you will be led to exactly where you're meant to be so um I just kind of want to like pick up pick up a bit from where I left on my last episode so if you guys listen to that or not short story is that I was going to a new yoga retreat community and before I went there I had this really funny feeling in my stomach and it was almost like the feeling of anxiety which Honestly, I don't experience very often, especially not in adult life. And yeah, for some reason, I felt really, really nervous about going to this place. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try and solve this by writing myself a letter, like a letter to my future self, because I think that's a really useful tool um, of like manifestation, of manifesting the best possible outcome for you. So, okay, I'm going to write this letter, I'm going to date it for six weeks time and and then just go from there. And just writing that letter and writing down all of the experiences I wanted, like deep and meaningful connections and making sure that I was teaching yoga a lot and hosting workshops and just eating well and just having time to relax and enjoy nature, all of the things. So I wrote this down, put it in an envelope with a date. And um, I think it's important when you manifest as well to write down that you wish for this or something better because we may think we know what we want but the universe always knows what is in the highest alignment for us right so it's always good to leave that little bit of space I would like to manifest this or something better because we didn't we don't even know what is around the corner so anyway long story short I go to this community and lo and behold it was not um yeah, it was not it was not in alignment with me. And if you listen, yeah, to the last episode that I did, you'll probably hear that. I described the situation a little bit. You probably hear it in my voice that I wasn't super, super um super thrilled on being that. It just didn't really feel that my energy was resonating with the place or the people, which is absolutely fine because I see it as this beautiful cosmic stepping stone that then led me to the next place where I spent two and a half months. So in this place where I was before, I only spent three weeks. And then I was like, okay, I need to leave. I need to go. Like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And um, it was very serendipitous the way it happened. I speak to my beautiful friend, Leela. And she's like, hey, have you heard of this place? Govinda Valley, you're nearby. And we have a friend who's in the area who's going there. And he can take you in his van. And I thought, yeah, okay, sweet. Why not? So I applied because um, it was also a yoga community and retreat and I just sent an application and straight away they got back to me and I was like sweet and I was like look I'd love to come you know if I can be in the role of that space holder of leading workshops and yoga teachers and that was exactly what they were looking for so that was just absolutely amazing so I went along with this new friend Keegan who I hadn't met before 
um, but he knew my other two friends. And, and I, that's a, another crazy story, actually, because sorry if I like backtrack a bunch, just my Gemini mind going all over the place, but I always tie it back, I promise. So when I went to my first yoga community in April, when lockdown happened, I arrived in Gold Coast from Melbourne on the last flight before the borders shut. And this new community was like literally in the middle of nowhere, like in the bush, kind of like inland Byron Bay area. And there was another guy called Jorge, beautiful brother that I have now, who I obviously didn't know then. He was arriving on the same day and they were passing through Gold Coast to go there. And the workaway lady was like, maybe him and his friend can pick you up and he can drop you off with them because they were going through anyway. And that person was Keegan, who I didn't know. And this was like months and months ago. So long story short, Keegan said no. He didn't want to stop off for whatever reason. And then I had to get like a $100 Uber or something. But hey, you got to do that sometimes, right? Anyway, so that whole little scenario happened. And, um, or I like to call, I like to use the Sanskrit word Leela. So a Leela is like, oh, what a Leela. Like what a divine cosmic game of life that Maya illusion likes to have over us. You know, it's kind of funny, beautiful word. So it's a bit of a Leela with that. And then, yeah, months and months later, here it was, this same friend, Jorge, telling me about his friend, Keegan, who was going to be maybe able to offer me a lift. And I didn't know it was this dude who dropped in before. I didn't know it was a guy that said no. But anyway, long story short, Keegan takes me. And then he told me that he was the one who said no to my first lift. And I thought, that is hilarious. It was almost like karma came back and he was finally giving me a lift to now a new community, which is just, it's funny how these things happen, right? Anyway, so... On the way down, um, Keegan had a tattoo appointment booked and he didn't like the design of the artist and I was like, okay, sweet, I'll take your slot and I ended up getting my first tattoo, which was really beautiful. It's the the triple moon, which is like the triple goddess moon, so it's like the, the maiden, the mother and the crown, like the divine feminine, which as you all know, I'm very, very connected to. So anyway, we get to the community and as we pull in, it's the evening and it's the full moon. I always seem to be traveling on the full moon. I don't know if anyone's noticed that either, but there's always movement on the full moon. I left one of the other communities on the full moon as well. And we arrived on the full moon. Very interesting. So anyway, it's a full moon. They've got a bonfire going. They're doing bonfire kirtan, um, which is basically... Um, so oh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but basically Kirtan is part of the Hare Krishna practice or they use it in Bhakti Yoga. So Bhakti is devotional practice, so selfless service. And they use Kirtan, which is chanting mantra, but you're more singing mantra to chant the names of God, to chant the names of the divine and just to raise your vibration to that level. And it's so beautiful. And I'd, I'd never actually done any Kirtan before. I didn't even think I could sing, but I was like, okay, why not? Let's do this. And the first people I meet are beautiful souls called Rai and Louisa, who are now oh, just such powerful brothers and sisters to me. Like they're so, so special. I have an interview with Lou. I'm going to be releasing soon because she's an amazing human being. 
And those are the first guys that I meet and they were so beautiful and I go and sit down by the fire and we chant and we sing and they're playing all kind of instruments and I look up the skies in the middle of this beautiful valley with the mountains overhead and the full moon and I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Thank you, spirit. Thank you for guiding me there. It was just, oh, it was amazing. So that's how I ended up. That was my first night. And this place is vegan as well, a vegan yoga retreat, and the food was absolutely divine. Um, yeah, so essentially I ended up staying there for two and a half months, and I had some of the most magical times of my life. I swear each experience is just more and more magic that that pours out of it, which is, oh, I just have no words. There's, there's so many things I'd love to share with you, but I'll try and keep this like a short summary of where I've been. Um, but essentially, like, everyone there was so wonderful and so kind and open and loving. And I'm getting to do my workshops that I love to do and my Shakti Awakening. Lou and I and her other, our other beautiful sister, Luan, become beautiful friends. And the next day that I'm there, they invite me to go to the figure eight pools. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, look up the figure eight pools in Sydney online. They're these amazing, like, natural rock formations of figure eight in the in the in the earth or in the rock (laughs) next to the ocean and um yeah it's incredible and I was just so touched by the thoughtfulness of them inviting me along with them because in the other place I was at there wasn't really a sense of like sisterhood or community and that was that's something that I really need at a deep level like that is one of my human needs to have sisterhood like strong sisters who love you unconditionally who support you no matter what and who are just there for you you know without this element of competition or jealousy or envy or whatever bullshit it may be but just pure unconditional love from from sisters I realize is is something that's really really powerful so I'm so grateful for that and just yeah, everyone there just had that energy. We're all vibing on that same frequency. So anyway, I spent quite a while there. And by the third week that I was there was the sixth week since I'd left the Sunshine since I'd left the Sunshine Coast and written that letter to myself. And I just found it so like, I wasn't even looking, at, looking for it because I completely forgot about the letter. And then I was just going through my things because um, my beautiful friend Leela, she was Marie, um, so I have an interview with Marie, check it out, it's amazing, but she's changed her name to Leela, which is so beautiful, so I'll refer to her from Leela from now on, but I mean Marie, so Leela and I shared a, an amazing tent together, and like, I never thought that I would be living in tent, but this was like, we called it the Shakti Palace, we had like, our own separate bedrooms we had like almost like this walk-in wardrobe style (laughs) it was crazy we had electricity we had a kettle and lamps and it was amazing like I've never lived like I think I think I just want to live in a tent now you know like if I have to set up shop somewhere I think I just want a big tent and just deck it out because it was so cool to be like so connected to nature and and hear the birds in the morning oh my goodness and you go outside in the night to pop a little squat go for a wee look up see the stars there was a few times when I looked up and saw shooting stars it was amazing anyway so we're in this incredible tent and we deck it out with like nature decor that we make I'm going off point but essentially in my tent my amazing tent I'm going through my things and I find the freaking letter that I wrote And no joke, it was like dated for 
um, the previous day. So it was like the yesterday of that moment. And I was like, oh my God, like I found this letter and, and Lou was there with me at the time. And I opened it and I almost wanted to tear up and cry because everything that I wrote in that letter, everything that I wanted, the connections, the workshops, eating the good food and being in nature and just having like loving sisters around me, everything I wrote to a T was in that letter and was what I was experiencing. And it was so, so powerful. And of course, like I wrote it for this other community, but the universe just had me live it out in this new one, Govinda Valley. So yeah, that was absolutely amazing. And it just goes to show really like the power of intention and the power of co-creation with the universe. Like it can't give us what we want if we don't know. So if we just walk into a situation blindly, I mean, yeah, of course you can do that and it can go anyway. But if you have this strong power of intention, something that the universe can focus on and giving you, then and then, well, you just do it for yourself and see what happens because it's just, it's occurred on countless occasions where I've had such moments of magic and realizing, oh, I manifested this so many years ago or so many months ago, like when I was in my final year of university, I would spend hours just like cutting out magazines and making these vision boards and I had no idea that I was going to do a yoga teacher training at this time when I was in uni. And I even asked my yoga teacher that I was going to, like, hey, do you think I could be a yoga teacher? What do you think about that? And she told me no, not to do with me, but she was like, no, don't do it. It's a hard industry and blah, blah, blah. And I'm glad I didn't listen to that lady. But anyway, in um, my vision boards, I'd stick out traveling to these beautiful countries and they'd all be like yogis and I would be doing yoga and hosting retreats. I'm like, whoa. I've actually lived all of that out and it's just so, so incredible. So never underestimate the power of your own mind is my point there. Um, yeah, so basically going back to Govinda Valley because I just really want to share my, my time with you there as, as much as I can in as fewer words as possible because I could go on for hours about all of the magic that was experienced there. Um, but it was so beautiful. It was like hosting women's new moon ceremonies for the volunteers and, and Lou and I teamed up. Lou is also a yoga teacher and she's done acting and dance before and we had this workshop called Medicine Movement, which was a freaking amazing. We would have cacao ceremony and then guide everyone through this whole process of exploring the body through dance and movement and then bringing it down at the end to Shavasana and oh oh my god, it was just pure magic and um I was so happy as well because I was doing Reiki treatments for the guests as well. And that was another thing that I'd written in the letter that I wanted to be doing my, my Reiki more. So yeah, guys, it was incredible. And two and a half months of magic was had. And and towards the end, it was it was definitely time to move on, you know, like in communities, the energy definitely can shift a lot. And um, yeah, in the end, there was some kind of like internal politics happening that didn't really resonate with my values and yeah in the end it was like the best decision to leave and I'm I'm glad I left the way I did and a lot of people left at the same time actually it was kind of like this collective like uprising of like okay this place has served us so much and now it's not serving us so much anymore which is okay and now it's time to move on and that's beautiful too, you know. Um, 
Yeah, so basically, I uh, during this space of time, and maybe I'll have to make separate episodes because so so much has happened within like four months. Essentially, I met my soulmate there, and oh my goodness, what a story that is! I mean, I won't share it now because I just want to check in with him and and see if that's something that's you know, appropriate to be shared, but oh my goodness, it's so funny as well, because like, I never believed, I didn't believe in this idea of a soulmate, like, I guess you kind of probably would think that I'm the kind of person who would believe in a soulmate, but I kind of believed that we had many, many, many different soulmates, which I do believe that, because I feel that they appear as soul family, you know, people you really connect with on a deep level, and you feel as though, you've known them before and you've lived out karma with them and there's that deep unconditional love there for sure but I didn't believe in like a twin flame I thought no like surely not I don't know I just yeah I thought there was many people who who were the right ones for you which I still believe to be the case but like I fully fully have experienced this twin flame connection like oh my goodness (laughs) it's fucking crazy um but yeah maybe I'll maybe I'll make another little episode about that whole whole experience if it plays out if it needs to be shared if you guys are interested I'm not sure but um that's one little thing that happened right at the end of my stay as well actually like the week before I was leaving we met and I'm like mm-hmm, okay I see but um we have seen each other since then but anyway so other things that have happened while I was there was like yeah as we were leaving we went off um so beautiful group of my soul family and I we went off to the blue mountains and we we camped there and we had this private campground that we hide out and um we did an ayahuasca ceremony we hired out our private shaman it sounds weird to say we hired out our private shaman but we very serendipitously connected with a shaman while my brother my beautiful brothers Nick and Rai did they were like playing their didges one time by these waterfalls and this guy comes up to them and tells them about this cave where he's had some plant medicine ceremonies and just before that like they they were talking about ayahuasca as he approached them or like the the few days before they were saying they want to do it and and they were talking about it and then this dude like approaches them not having heard the conversation because the waterfall's pretty loud and um yeah he starts telling them about this shaman they know who he's done some ayahuasca ceremonies with and they're like whoa this is so crazy because it they asked for that and that just played out you know so anyway we meet her and um I would love to do a podcast interview with her because her story is absolutely fascinating but um I don't know if that will be possible because obviously of the legality within the country um is unfortunately yeah, I don't think it's pro pro eye friendly just yet, but hopefully in the near in the near future it will be. Um, but anyway, so we connect with her, we hear hear her story. She's just a local Sydney chick, you know, in her late twenties, but she went to Peru. Sorry, I just dropped one of my crystals. <laughs> she went to Peru um and did a ceremony and ayahuasca basically told her that you have to train to be a shaman and she's like no I don't want this I don't want this and it was so crazy how she ended up there as well at this ceremony space like I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this but 
Like she went there to go on some ayahuasca retreat. I think it was an ayahuasca retreat or some kind of retreat. I know it was an ayahuasca retreat. And that she got into the wrong car, like the wrong, because you know, like they pick up the tourists from the airport. She got into the wrong one and they took her to this whole different retreat that she hadn't even booked for. And she realized that when she got there, but the guy like greeted her as though like she was supposed to be there. And he was like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, he was like, oh, you've come for your training. And she's like, no, I'm not doing a training. I'm just doing a ceremony. He's like, no, no, like you're here for your training. You must stay. And, and she's like, uh, what? So it was almost like planned out through ire and like the shaman and the universe is freaking wild guys. So, um, anyway, she ends up staying there and does a ceremony and ayahuasca comes through and tells her like, you, you have to do this training. She's like, I don't want that. And she gets the message like, if you don't do this, which is her dharma, clearly you're going to die young. And she was like, fuck, like freaked out. And she'd also like gone to see like some psychics, um, and just to try and like figure out what this was all about. And every psychic she saw was like, mm, like there's a decision that needs to be made. And if it's not the right one for you, like you're going to experience young death. Like, you know, it's freaking crazy. So out of fear, she became a shaman. Even to this day, she doesn't want to be a shaman, but she has such a strong dharma to do this mission, to spread this plant medicine, especially over to the West where we need it, that she had no choice. So she lived in the Peruvian jungle for two years in really intense conditions, dieting these really intense plants and plant medicine and would have to be in a cabin for like 20 days sometimes in complete isolation, no stimulus whatsoever, just dieting this one plant, um, which, yeah, is just so, so intense. And what a strong woman to make it through. Like, oh, I really hope that I can share her story one day because it's absolutely incredible. So yeah, we connected with her and realized, okay, this is the shaman for us because I've wanted to do ayahuasca since I was about 19 years old, since I ever first heard of it. And this was before it was like mainstream and everyone knows what it is and is doing it. I don't know how I found out about it. I think it was on a podcast or an old documentary. I think my ex-partner at the time actually knew about it because someone, some famous fighter that he liked had talked about in an interview. And then I just got obsessed and was watching all these documentaries. And from that moment, when I was 19, my maths is so bad, but how long ago would that be? Five years, six years ago, I'm 25 now. So six years ago, the seed was planted. And at 25, it finally happened. And I always thought that I wanted to go and do it in Peru and the Peruvian jungles. And I still definitely want to experience that. Um, but I think it played out so perfectly and exactly as it needed to. And what our shaman told us was that actually, unfortunately, even the Peruvian shamans are getting really corrupted right now because there's so many Westerners that are going over there wanting this medicine that some of them are like mixing other dangerous plants in there because Westerners want to go over there and have like crazy experiences. So they're putting dangerous plants in there. So they have crazy experiences, but sometimes they die and that's why they're dying, not from the plant medicine, but these other dangerous plants they're putting with them. Like, I think there's one called the devil's thorn or something, some really dangerous psychedelic plant that really blows your head off. A lot of shamans, well, some of them are mixing that into their brew to give people that 
like head explosion trip, which is why when you hear about cases of people dying from ayahuasca, that is why, because the medicine itself cannot kill you, cannot have too much. So that's really interesting. And she said that they're all like sending black magic on each other because they don't want others to take their businesses and their clients. And it just all seems a little bit dark. So I'm really, really happy the way that it played out. And um, yeah, oof, I just had the most incredible experience and yeah one of our brothers Nick he has a giant bell tent and we set it up in the middle of this valley in the forest and just behind the blue mountains and the stars were so bright and yeah we were just we were the only ones in that valley for the whole week that we were there and it was so peaceful and we sang so much kirtan and mantra chanting and did yoga and just we were just so present, you know, we made yummy food, there was a little creek next to us, and we would bathe in there, and it was just, it was pure bliss, so we had a couple nights to just really ground in and connect to the land, and then on the third night, or was it the third night or the second night, our beautiful shaman came, and we created that sacred space, and we all had a little altar in the middle of the tent, and yeah, we're ready to go on our our journey and meet, meet Mother Ayahuasca for the first time, and it was an absolutely profound and deeply, deeply meaningful experience. And, oh, I kind of have no words and I don't think I would do it justice to put into words, but I have written a couple of poems about my experience that I will share at the end or maybe even the beginning of this podcast. And, um, but yeah, it was so incredible and, and probably some of the biggest lessons that I'll learn that I'll share with you because I think that's more important than, oh, what did you see? What visuals were there? I think that's kind of all irrelevant. I think what is most important is the lessons that you learn and the lessons that you do take away from that experience. And it may sound cliche, but one of the lessons that I learned is that it's all just love. Everything is just love. Everything is made of love and I was shown even like gruesome things like skulls and blood and fluids and and bugs and she and when I say she I'm speaking of Mother Aya and she was like and even that's love, even that's love, even that's love, different spectrum or vibration of love, but not vibration but different spectrum, but it's still love and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay I understand like I see it like everything in this universe is made up of love and of course it's the most powerful force there is you know like I think we we label love an emotion but it's not an emotion it's a state of being and it's a state of our existence and that's extremely powerful so that was one of the lessons um another lesson I learned was about the shadow self and and not labeling it good or bad right or wrong and just like not even labeling it light or dark but just allowing it to be and just embracing that part of ourselves and it was interesting because um our shaman protected the space in the tent and she said you know don't go outside for too long because i've protected it this amount but if you go further the space is unprotected so any kind of thing anything can come in and as I went for a wee during the ceremony, I was like popping a squat, looking at the the stars. And um, I was looking at the tent and like the ceremony tent. And I knew that I was on the very border of the protected space. And I could feel 
the unprotected area behind me. I could feel the shadows. I could feel the darkness. But I wasn't afraid because it wasn't good or bad. It just was. And that was really, really, really quite powerful actually to have that experience, you know. And, you know, like my words are not going to do anything, any justice whatsoever to what I experienced that night but it was just beautiful and and another lesson that I was shown because um this is something that really I've been wanting to work on and I have worked on in another plant medicine ceremony when I did do mushrooms about a year ago which was another beautiful beautiful experience one of my dear sisters Mars from Mexico she's an amazing shaman an incredible healer she held that space for us and yeah that's a whole other episode within itself but I did also write a poem about that experience and um, I wanted to know how I can forgive people. And what the mushroom showed me was that imagining this bright white light from your heart, the center of your being, and then whoever it is that you need to forgive, imagine that light shining from the center of their being. And then eventually you merge those lights together and just become one because that's all we are essentially. We're all just one. So that was a really beautiful lesson from the mushrooms. And... I really felt like I wanted to take that deeper because that was just one way to access that level of forgiveness. I wanted another way. And what Mother Aya showed me, which has really, really stuck with me in my mind, is visualizing whoever the person is that is hurting you or causing you disharmony or aggression or whatever it is, not viewing them as they are, but viewing them as their wounded inner child. And to see them instead, and what do you do with a wounded child? You don't respond back with anger and aggression. You don't take them seriously at the level where you you bring that behavior back. No, you give them love, and you give them compassion, and you hold space and empathy for them. So that was just so profound for me to really like, you know, work through healing at that level. To see not this person as a person, but as an inner child who's wounded and is just calling out for love in that moment because they're hurt and they have no other way in which they've learned to express themselves. That is powerful. So I'm so grateful to have been shown that lesson from Iron. It's something that I need to keep bringing myself back to. I've had a few experiences since then where I've ended up at another community and the energy of of the woman who was running it just really did not vibe with me and she was very aggressive and would just snap at me and it was really intense and honestly I did not need that at all in my life so I chose to leave a week later because that was the best that was just in the highest alignment but instead of getting angry or being playing the victim like why me I just thought her wounded child is so strong that she's acting out in this way and I could only have compassion for her. I couldn't say that because that would be very toxic, but I could only have compassion because that was how I saw her. And just to shift your perspective in that way is just immensely powerful. So I just encourage you, if you do have someone in your life who you're struggling to forgive or accept or to deal with, just see them as that wounded inner child and just give them so much love as much love as you can because that's what they need and when we give when we give love we receive that back eventually it may not be from them and that's okay but you'll receive it back elsewhere because that is the law of the universe you give and you shall receive this has just happened 
so so many times to me lately it's just kind of crazy I fully fully believe that and fully embody it so um oh three 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 of the recording love that um anyway so yeah I could go into a lot more detail about my ceremony but I didn't actually have any intention of talking about it because when I jump on I, I I don't have anything prepared or planned I just speak and I just channel so I didn't realize that was going to come up so if you feel like you want to hear a bit more about that in more depth then then let me know and um if it feels right I, perhaps I can record a whole other episode on it but I just wanted to give you a brief kind of update on what's been happening <laughs> in my life since then essentially so after the ceremony, um, we head back to Govinda Valley. We'd already left, but we had our things there. So we head back and, and say goodbye and say our last goodbyes. And a whole other Leela actually happened there at that time. But that was, that was funny. Maybe I can go into that another time. But essentially, my beautiful twin flame, who was there, ended up getting asked to leave um, because of me because um, someone found out we were making love in the tent <laughs> oopsie um, it was a free tent but <laughs> like no one was in that but um, yeah so that that had to play out the way it did though because because he got asked to leave we got to spend a whole week together at my friend's house um, a few hours up north from Sydney in Newcastle which was amazing. Like he was only gonna, he was gonna come up for a couple of days because he got kicked out. He stayed for like a whole week, <laughs> which was beautiful. And some crazy things happened there too, energetically. But I just yeah, there's so much I need to share. There's so much that that has happened. And and what I've been what I'm being called to is to actually write a book of um all of my experiences that have happened since living in communities it's like I couldn't even make this shit up like I feel like I'm living in a fairy tale and I need to write this down because there's just so many details it just blow my mind the synchronicities the magic that has unfolded is is just crazy so maybe I'll save that for the book guys here's some early promo god knows when that will be out but I'm sure I'm sure I'll write it at some point so yeah, we experienced a lot of magic and I went up north and I spent time with my beautiful sister, Emily, who I hadn't seen for like five years. She's from Melbourne and we've traveled a lot together. We went to Amsterdam together and we've been all over Europe and yeah, she's such a good sister and we hadn't seen each other for so long, but you know what? It was like nothing had changed at all, apart from both of our hair. She'd shaved off all her head and she looks like a fucking goddess and um, I allowed my hair to go natural. I used to dye it all the time and now it's just completely natural. So the only thing that changed was our hair and our spiritual growth, which was beautiful and she was in this beautiful space, like, looking after this house, and this dog, who was also called Maddie, which is hilarious, and yeah, we just vibed so hard together, connected so well, we did yoga every morning, we ecstatic dance, we went on walks, we went to op shops, and ah, it was so good, and yeah, um, so anyway, went camping for a little bit on my way up before she was dropping me off to this other community, and, um, and then when I got there, that was the place where this lady was, like, super, super like aggressive and not yeah she was a yoga teacher as well but she was not living out those uh, yamas or niyamas you know I'm sure she was to a certain extent but yeah there was just obviously a lot of pain there so even after like day two I was like I need to leave this place like oh shit I need to go I cannot stay here um 
so yeah that was interesting I thought okay I'm not gonna just run away straight away I'm gonna feel it out and if I still feel like this in a week I'm gonna go and lo and behold a week later I still felt felt that way and I had a beautiful beautiful sister Lucy come through in her van we went and camped for a night and and Lucy is the one who rescued me from the first community that I was ever at which actually turned out to be a cult by the way which is just crazy um yeah lots of things have happened so if you if you listen back um I think I spoke about Lucy coming to rescue us and a bunch of like other strangers just to take us into their home on their family farm and um, I've interviewed her dad Shane who's an amazing human being so definitely listen to that um yeah so so much has happened as you can tell I'm like oh my god there's so many things I'm trying to come in but hopefully Lucy and I are gonna do and well not hopefully we will definitely do a podcast episode together because we actually met in Croatia um like over a year ago now I was teaching a yoga retreat on this boat and she was a hostess and like straight away we connected and we vibed so hard and, and she was the one who rescued me and and I ended up living on her beautiful family, magical community farm for six weeks. And then we lived in the sunny coast for six weeks. And um, and yeah, so she was coming through and I hadn't seen her for like five months. And we went on this trip. She just converted her van, which is so beautiful. I was there with her when she bought that van, actually. And to see she'd converted it all by herself was just absolutely amazing so we had an awesome little camping trip and I was sharing with her you know like how I was feeling and she was like oh well, I'm going to this work away in um in a few days and it's just two hours a day because at this other place that I was working from this woman it was like I did some like 12 hour days the exchange was only supposed to be like four hours or something and um the food wasn't all provided and just I don't know it just seemed like the exchange wasn't very um mutual so to say and so I'm telling Lucy I think I'm gonna go but I'm not sure uh like umming and ahhing and then um so I speak to my mom on the phone and my mom god bless her soul she is a qualified counselor so what I love about my mom is that whenever I ask her for advice she kind of asks me questions so I can figure it out for myself which is really powerful and she's been like that my whole life she's never told me what to do even if she knows that something is wrong for me she will always allow me to figure that out for myself so that I actually learn which I love that about her so so much so I was telling her about the situation and she was like well you know honey like there's there's these three things which we have in counseling you can either accept the situation and she said which I know you're not going to do because you're a strong woman who don't take no bullshit she's like you can either try and change the situation and she's like obviously you can't change this person and it's not your responsibility or you can leave the situation and now that is an option if you have a place and I thought okay that's really smart and what a beautiful way to put it so I'm really grateful for that I'm going to definitely keep that in mind so you can either accept the situation change the situation or leave the situation and leaving isn't always running away you know if it's causing us harm in that point in time which it was to me it was really really affecting me having having someone just constantly burst aggression at me I I thought "Mm -mm, I definitely do not need this no thank you so I chose to leave and um it was for sure the right decision and um yeah, it was kind of intense because you're supposed to give a couple of weeks notice before you leave. And because this lady, 
she was so intense energetically and I felt like I was walking on eggshells around her. I felt like she was just so aggressive. And so I packed up all my stuff the night before and in the morning I went and sat down with her and I was like, I oh, look, I'm so sorry. I know I've made a commitment to stay here, but I need to leave. Like, um, this, this environment is really toxic for me. And she was like, no, it isn't. And I was like, well, if it's not for you and the others, great, because that's wonderful. But for me, this is very toxic. And she's like, it's all in your head. And I was like, okay, if it is all in my head, fine. But this is what I'm experiencing. So I need to honor that. So she was almost like denying my experience and trying to manipulate me to stay. And then just, yeah, it was very intense. It was very much the dynamics of the empath and the empath and and the narcissist. It was super, super intense. So in the end, I left and, and thank God, because then I ended up in this beautiful hippie town, Bellingham, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And um, yeah, here I am. And the owner, Amanda, is an absolute goddess. She is so beautiful and so positive and so radiant. And, and just a quick little detail as well, because like just the power of asking for signs. Um, So the night before I left the community, I asked my spirit guides, the universe, to show me a shooting star if leaving tomorrow was the right thing to do. And and we were in the bush, so it was like the stars were very, very bright. And I look up, and I'm looking for the shooting star, and I don't see one. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm still going to trust my decision because I know that's right. Anyway, that next morning that I woke up, because um, I, I woke up at 4 a.m. because I needed to go for a wee and like there like there's compost toilets like you you just have to pee outside that's just how it is in the bush which I love to do I love popping those squats it's good and so I pop a squat I'm like half kind of half asleep but then I look up at the stars and I'm like whoa the stars are so beautiful and so bright and then what do I see a fucking shooting star and I'm like oh my goodness Jay Ma which is like praise mother earth and um, I'm like, okay, spirit, I hear you. I know, I know this is the right thing to do. So that just gave me a beautiful confirmation. I mean, I didn't really need it, but you know, ask and you shall receive. And I really encourage all of you to ask your angels and guides for signs because they will come to you if that's the right thing, you know? I think I've spoken about this on other episodes, so I won't go into that too much now. You can always listen back um, to my solo episodes if you feel called to. But yeah, I thought that was really beautiful and I wanted to share that. So anyway, I arrive at this new place. The woman, Amanda, is a goddess. She is a Leo and my twin flame is a Leo and I love that Leo energy is so positive. Their hearts are so big and they have so much love and light to spread and such playful energy and yeah, we just vibe so hard and the work is super chill. It's only a couple hours a day and it's just such a beautiful exchange and I'm teaching yoga in the mornings. In a couple of weeks, I'm teaching my new moon ceremony and I just love it here. Like I mentioned at the start, this town is incredible. The people are amazing. There's a guy who like lives out of his van and every week he um he makes amazing like donation-based veggie food out of his van and you pop the money in his little boot hanging up um, or whatever. Like, you know, you can bring him a box of food down. Some people bring him beers, whatever it is. Like, ah, oh, there's just such a community feel to this place and it's so incredible. I feel so nourished and so held here and it's just surrounded by national parks and we're kind of in the mountains and there's waterfalls and we're not so far away from the beach and there's creeks and it's just absolute hippie heaven. <laughs> I love it so, so much and I'm just so thrilled to be here and I'm so grateful 
yeah, so so grateful to be where I am because I follow the signs, because I would not take aggressive behavior. No, I chose to leave that situation and look where it led me. Like the universe has just blessed me so hard. And um yeah, even this this homestay that I'm volunteering at is incredible. There's like there's all these like beautiful plants everywhere and Buddhas and Hindu deities and yeah, Amanda and even her partner Paul is just absolutely fantastic human beings. I'm gonna try and um sorry, I just dropped my mic. I'm gonna try and interview Amanda soon because she has a fascinating story like she's traveled to India every year and she has this guest house and she reads tarot and yeah she's a beautiful beautiful human being so I'll hopefully get her on the podcast and I've just met so many incredible human beings here like everyone I meet I'm like oh my god I need to interview interview for my podcast ah, ah. and it's just it's getting so much so now I'm finally in the space where I have wi-fi and my beautiful brother nico is is letting me use his his room while he's in work so i can actually have a quiet space to record because at the guest house sometimes it's a bit tricky i can record in the yoga studio but it's an open studio which is beautiful but there's lots of sounds in the background beautiful sounds bird sounds mainly but then there's also sometimes like humming of bugs which sounds very staticky and sometimes you can there's a leaf blower or you know so I'm really grateful that I finally have this space and I feel that the reason that I have this space is something that I learned recently if any of you guys watch Gaia if you don't just sign up it's like the spiritual Netflix it's so good and um a new sister a beautiful new sister of mine Caitlin and I have been watching a few episodes and we watched one um called I can't remember what it was called but it was one about this guy talking about spirit spirits and guardian angels and about asking for the most benevolent outcome of things so yeah he he shares a story and basically like I fully believe this and I, I do practice this already but it was a beautiful reminder and such a nice way to phrase it he says that when we you know we can't ask we can't just expect our angels to help us because there's so many of them out there who each have like so many people to look after. It can be a bit tricky to help us out if we're not asking for what we want. They're not God. They don't know what we want. We have to ask them. God knows or the universe source knows, but the angels don't necessarily. So they respond to our requests and to our prayers. They're kind of like the the personal assistants of God. And so... We have to ask them for what we want. And yeah, if we don't ask, it's hard and they can't really help us that much. So this guy says that you should ask for the most benevolent outcome of things. And like I was saying at the start with manifestation, it's like, yeah, we may think we know what we want, but actually sometimes there's something much greater and much more important out there for us that we need to experience. So by keeping it open, like I request the most benevolent outcome for whatever it is, then you allow it the highest vibration, the highest alignment for you to unfold, which is so cool. So Caitlin and I have been putting this into practice and I just wanted to share a few little stories because I think it's super, super cute how it's unfolded. So as I've been traveling in Australia, they have the most amazing op shops, which are secondhand clothes stores, uh, like charity shops, um, so to say. And I've just been getting so many nice clothes that I even had to buy like a whole new mini trunk, like a little mini suitcase to fit all these new clothes in. And I thought, oh my goodness, like I have way too many clothes and I love my flowy outfits. And even though they're secondhand, which is more earth friendly, like I know it's not good to have so many things and so many clothes. So I decided, okay, I'm going to sort them out 
And I'm going to try and sell them just to get a bit of abundance flow. And whatever I don't sell, I will go and donate to the op shop. So I take my clothes down to the vet to Friday night. There's, yeah, that park and that guy, Dino. I actually want to interview him too. He rocks up with his van and cooks amazing food. And he said I could sell my clothes. And I, I lay on my clothes. And then the vibe just wasn't there. Like they were playing techno, some people were drinking, and I thought, mm -mm, this is not the space. So I packed up my clothes and I said, okay, angels, I request the most benevolent outcome to sell these clothes, which may sound superficial, but hey, you can use it for anything, so why not? And then straight away, this guy comes up to us called Ryan, who I'm also going to interview because what an amazing soul. He comes up to us, any last orders for Dino? And he's just a friend saying, helping him out before Dino finishes cooking. And we just get chatting and he's such an amazing soul and it turns out he's this like film documentary maker and he's currently working on a project about this beautiful aboriginal man who is um, walking with this like, messenger stick which is trying to spread like aboriginal law into the Australian law where they see mother earth as the mother and really protect that land. So he has a fascinating story which I'll hopefully dive into with him soon and I connect with him and I'm like okay sweet we exchange business cards. Anyway the next day there's a beautiful little community market on where I go and buy my organic fruit and vegetables every week and connect with beautiful people and I decide okay I'm gonna take my clothes with me because it's not far to walk and I know that the market holders have to pay for their stalls and I couldn't it wasn't worth me paying for a stall because I didn't have that much but anyway I rock up and hope for the best and the first, I went by myself as well, and the first person I bump into is that Ryan dude that I met the night before, and I'm like, oh, hey, man, like, good to see you, like, you know, this is funny to see you, and I've got my big backpack on, and I just explained, like, I've got all my clothes in here I wanted to sell, and he's like, oh, I know someone who can help you, and he takes me over to this beautiful older lady called Caroline, who's a volunteer there, and he's like, let me introduce you to Caroline, I'm sure she can tell you whether you're allowed to set up you know, a little stall, lay out your blanket and your clothes. And I was like, okay, sweet. So we go over to this lady who's absolutely amazing. And there's a man standing next to her with his hands on his hips and he's got sunglasses and a hat on and I can't see his face. And I thought, oh, I hope I'm allowed. And then when I approach, he takes his hat and glasses off and he's like, hey, Maddie. And it's Paul, Amanda's husband, who also volunteers. And I'm like, Paul, what are you doing here? It was so crazy. So many synchronicities. So long story short, the lady said I could set up a stall in the shade and she checked in with the owner of the market and he said that's absolutely fine and I thought that's so funny because I asked my angels for the most benevolent outcome to sell these clothes and I met Ryan straight away and now here it was the next day this Ryan dude who doesn't even live in that town actually he lives just out of town showing allowing me to set up my store thanks to him and I was like wow that's so wild and um another little story as well just from today just from a few hours ago um, Caitlin, who also volunteers at the guest house, she lost her headphones and I hadn't seen them. And I was like, I don't know, this is where they are. Anyway, a few hours go by, I keep checking in. Have you found them yet? She's like, no. I'm like, okay, because I even had a little look too. And um, because we all share a dorm together. And then I go and pack up my things so I can prepare to come and record this podcast. And, um, yeah, I pull out this cardboard box from underneath my bed, which is, I use as a drawer for my things, which is hilarious. They're simple things in life, right? And her headphones are just lying in there, and I'm like, I have no idea how they got there because she had them 
she woke up with them and anyway it was they weren't supposed to be there and I don't know how they got there and I just ran into the kitchen like hey Lynn, I've got your headphones and she's just standing there like jaw dropped like staring at me and she's like oh my god and I'm like what what, what what's, what's this reaction for and she's like no fucking joke like I literally just finished asking my angels for the most benevolent outcome of finding my headphones and here you are that second after saying you found them so it's fucking crazy guys and even like a few days ago I was meditating and I thought okay I'm gonna ask my, my angels for the most benevolent outcome to to find a quiet space where I can record these episodes because I really feel like I need somewhere quiet I need somewhere private and peaceful otherwise it's just too much noise in the background and I can't really just let these words flow and as I thought I'm gonna ask for that and meditate for a bit and I ask and then straight away they're like message Nico which is like my beautiful brother who was volunteering as well but now he has a beautiful home home in Belgium really like a two-minute walk from my place and I was like okay so I didn't even bother meditating I just messaged Nico like hey brother like um would really love to record some podcasts I'm not sure how you feel about it but if I can use your room I'd be so grateful and I can give you a bit of Reiki in exchange and he's like yeah there's no even need to give me Reiki but I'd love to have some like you could sure you can go there when I'm in work and he works in a cafe so that was a few days ago and now here I am sat in his room recording this so I just it's just amazing, isn't it? Our angels are there to guide us. So please, please ask them, request the most benevolent outcome and it will always come to you. And last little thing that I'd love to share is that recently I've been diving, diving into lucid dreaming. So for those who don't know or aren't familiar, lucid dreaming is where you are fully aware that you are in a dream and you can influence the dream around you. I don't want to use the word control because that's not quite right, but we influence the dream. And I've learned this from Charlie Morley from listening to the Almost 30 podcast on the episode on lucid dreaming. And I listened and I loved the episode. It was so good. Maybe I can link it in the show notes. And then I went on to watch um, he's on Gaia as well. I watched an interview with Meredith, whatever her second name is, with Charlie Morley on Gaia. Amazing. I loved it even more than the than the interview that was on um, the other podcast. And then I download his audiobook because I'm like, whoa, like this guy knows his stuff. And I start listening to his audiobook and it's about dream yoga and Tibetan yoga and anyway I actually reached out to him on Instagram and we're going to record a podcast episode together but I said I don't want to record it until I've used more of his techniques and like tapped in into lucid dreaming myself so it might be a little while but he's he's happy to come on the show which is so exciting and um yeah so I've been learning about this and I came one of the biggest things I came to learn was that lucid dreaming state isn't just for flying and having fun which of course is amazing or having sex or whatever you do but also it is to do deep inner healing work because as I learned from Charlie the the Tibetan Buddhists have used this practice of lucid dreaming they called it dream yoga for thousands of years and essentially they believe that our spiritual power is enhanced seven times in the lucid dream state because a lucid dream is a full sensory experience. We use and experience all of our senses in the lucid state. So it's so real. It's so, so real that, you know, most of the time you don't realize you're in a dream because it's that real. But in lucidity, you are aware you're dreaming. So there's all these different techniques that you can do to drop you into that state. And um, yeah, it's amazing. So I've been implementing these techniques. And then 
the other night was Lucy's last night here because she's on her way back home to um, be there for Beck, her beautiful sister who's giving birth soon, which is amazing because while I was living on their family farm and community, um, I remember her or one of her partners, Justin, she's in a polyamorous relationship. I remember Justin sat around the fire over the after our full moon ceremony and he was like, mm, I just really want to have a baby with Beck so badly because he already has a beautiful baby with Holly, their other partner. And yeah, literally during our stay, five weeks later or something, she's pregnant and now she's about to give birth. So that was nine months ago. What a wild ride. So yeah, oh, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, of course, I remember. Sorry, I get carried away with all these stories, but it's Lucy's last night. And Caitlin, Lucy and I want to have a little ceremony. So we go into the yoga space and we set up our sacred space. We burn that sage, light that incense, pull those oracle cards and just have a beautiful time. We had a cacao ceremony. We ecstatic danced. Um, and that night as we went to bed, we put on a guided lucid dream meditation. And there I had my first ever intentional lucid dream experience because I've always like I've had spontaneous lucid dreams before where they've just happened randomly and they weren't planned although the lucidity never lasted long but I've never had like an intentional lucid dream because yeah as Charlie says there's so much healing that can be done in that space he said that like if you meditate for a moment in a lucid dream in the waking state that's like having meditated for for an hour a day for a week and like you can meet your inner child you can meet your shadow self you can talk to your brain you can release addictions you can heal traumas there's so much power in that lucidity so anyway that night I had my first ever intentional lucid dream and I'm like oh my god I'm in a lucid dream whoa I was like kind of like so excited which is you can lose lucidity that way so I remember that and brought it back and I also remember that Charlie said that no matter what happens never leave the lucid dream intentionally don't try and go into another dream if things get scary or uncomfortable because then you're running away from healing and then you have more healing to do surprise so okay so I'm in my first intentional lucid dream and I'm like okay I know I can meet my shadow self and there's probably a lot of healing needs to be there so I'm like I call forth my shadow self and then I'm like oh shit wait wait I changed my mind I'm not ready I'm not ready and I kind of like freak out I'm like no 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 I take it back I take it back I'm not ready I'm not prepared obviously I've got more work to do there and I'm like okay let's start soft this is my first lucid dream so I'm like I call forth my inner child and no joke like six-year-old me just appears over this hill and is just walking towards me she's like hella cute she's got this little bob that I used to have and these big brown Asian looking eyes and she's walking up to me and as she's walking towards me she's giving me this wisdom using the analogy of like Disney princesses unfortunately I can't remember what the analogy was but Charlie as I told him about my dream reassures me that I will remember it, whether that's through meditation or another dream. So I'm not worried about that. And um, yeah, basically we embrace. And that was beautiful because I've been doing a lot of inner child work recently. She keeps coming up for me. Like I keep pulling her in oracle cards and then I wrote this whole giant poem about her. So I think it's beautiful that we have finally this, this moment of connection. And um, basically we embrace and then we hold hands and then I, I, I decide that we need to fly together. We need to soar really high and just trust, you know, just trust. Because sometimes, I don't know if you've had a lucid dream, but sometimes in my lucid dreams, like I can't always fly or you can fly a little bit and then you like go down. 
but we were on the edge of this cliff. So if I wasn't flying, we were falling, but I fully trusted and fully knew that we would be flying together. And so we did, we leapt off that cliff and we flew hand in hand and it was so beautiful and so healing. And the fact that that, that spiritual power is amplified seven times means that in the physical state, so much healing has been done for my inner child and I. The fact that we physically met is wild. So yeah, basically, um, when this, this links back to the story, while I had that market stall, thanks to Ryan the other day, um, well, so many beautiful things happened there actually that I'd love to share. So Ryan and his partner are about to have a baby and he's like looking for something to wrap his baby in. And I have this really soft, beautiful, like burnt orange shawl blanket. And he was like, how much do you want for that? And I was just selling everything for $6, you know, not a lot. And I was like, do you know what, brother? Like, you take this. Like, I really would love to bless you with this for you and your baby. That would be beautiful. And he receives it with such grace. And then two minutes later, this lady that I'd been chatting to a little bit and her beautiful, beautiful toddler, LV. So this lady is Sharma. Shout out. I want to interview her too. <laughs> and her toddler, LV, were there. And oh, they were so precious. And she just comes over, over to me and gives me this brown paper bag, which has some handmade vegan soap in there. And I was like, oh my god like what is this for like I don't even know you like what and she was like oh yeah my friend has a stall and I just saw what you did for that man and that was beautiful and I just wanted to give back so it's like fuck guys the power of giving with like unconditional love you receive straight back always not necessarily from that person like I said earlier but you always receive that back and that is so beautiful so I was just like in awe of like the kindness of that act and her beautiful little toddler has them. they bought some organic blueberries and she's giving them to me and I'm like oh my god so sweet um anyway so during that market this six-year-old girl comes over to me and I know that because I asked her for her age because she was like are you in high school and I was like no <laughs> I'm like how old do you think I am and then she's like I don't know 39 I was like oh my god do I look that old how old do I look and she's like you look about 11 and I was like okay I'll take that and anyway basically long story short like not in a horrible way but I don't really well I don't usually vibe with children like I think their energy is beautiful and magical but I don't really like to interact with them I don't know why but I'm just not interested in children and being silly well, I like to be silly but yeah, I don't know, guys. I've just never been a children person. I've always been, like, strongly against the idea of having children. I'm like, nah, I definitely don't want that. Anyway, this little girl, she's so cute. She buys this top off me, which is, like, this multicolored boob tube that fits her as a big top. And she's so sweet. And we sit down and we chat for about an hour. And um, it was so fun. Like, we had such a good time chatting and... And at the end, we she's there every week because her mom has a marcasol. And at the end, we agree that next time we see each other, we're going to bring each other a little gift. And I'm going to give her a little crystal. And she's so beautiful. She's got this beautiful red hair and big green eyes. Um, but what I realized after that experience was that that was able to take place because I'd done that healing with my inner child and that lucid dream state. Prior to that lucid dream, I probably would have like kindly shoot her away <laughs> not shoot her away that's awful but I would not have made any efforts whatsoever to interact but the fact that that healing had done with my six-year-old inner child meant that I could connect so beautifully with her six-year-old child self it was absolutely magical and um 
Anyway, that night I, I hung out with um, Nico and Caitlin and we did some kirtan, some mantra singing. And then I told them about experience and I read them out this poem that I wrote a few weeks, um, like a month ago about my inner child. And then I was like, holy shit, like everything that I wrote in that poem happened in my dream state. I was literally like, I want to give you a hug and I want to fly with you and take that leap. And I was like, oh my God, like this all happened in my poem and then I lived it out. It was so wild, such an amazing synchronicity. So I know I've rambled on a lot and I've crammed in a lot of experiences and trust me, there are so many more experiences that have happened that I would love to share like recently um, on the most recent full moon, the Gemini full moon and lunar eclipse. Uh, my sisters, Lucy, Lou and Luan and I, they were traveling through and we had a sacred full moon ceremony and um, we did some plant medicine there as well and it was just so profoundly healing. Oh my, I'm still processing a lot. So much has come up for me in such a powerful way and I really, oh, it was the most incredible experience that I've ever had. And I don't want to compare plant medicines, but it was it was deeply profound. And um, yeah, I, I guess I'll share that with you guys when I'm ready, when, when that's all been processed. But what a journey, what an absolute journey it's been. And, and now here I am, sat in Nico's room, and I've got two interviews I recorded months ago about a beautiful sister, Nina, who is a Reiki master, and she has her own company, My Gratitude Box, which is just amazing. So I'm going to upload an uh, interview with her soon. It's amazing. She talks about her very alternative upbringing of like being raised in this spiritual, holistic family, and then going on to like meet her soulmate and then starting this company my gratitude box and how to connect with spirit guys and she's such an amazing soul so my next interview will be released with nina and then after that i have another an interview that's already recorded from months ago with my beautiful sister lou louisa who i've spoken about a few times already uh, she was the one i first met on that first night at Govinda Valley and she is an epic human being yeah she also teaches yoga she used to have her own theater company she's gonna have her own retreat space and community soon she is just a magical human being so I can't wait to share that episode with you too I'll probably probably release that one the week after but yeah you can just expect a bunch more episodes to come up now I've just, I've just been connecting with so many amazing people so I just have an abundance of interviews to be recorded so I'm really really excited to share that with you and yeah thank you so much for listening in on my journey on my updates of everything that's been happening and taking place and if you are in Bellingham if you're listening I have a women's new moon ceremony on the 15th of December so it's seven until um, nine o'clock and yeah the information and tickets are on my website if you would like to follow me or come say hey on instagram my handle is the vegan yogi traveler traveler with two l's because that's how we spell it in the uk i know it's slightly different in america um but yeah what a journey guys but come and say hello and welcome back welcome to season two and i thank you with all my heart for listening much love namaste so I said that I would record one of my poems for you guys as I've written a few on my ayahuasca experience. So here it is. It will give you a little bit of a further insight into some of the other lessons that I learn. And there's just so much more. But for now, I hope you enjoy this poem. The trees do not seek to control the seasons. 
They seek only to be transformed by them. And so we must not try to control the winds of change in our lives, for control is simply an egoic illusion, an interior confusion, a form of non-acceptance of the now, and really it is to the Divine Mother that we must bow, surrendering with ease and grace, trusting the infinite guidance that she offers us at our own pace, knowing exactly what we need. For she knows us better than we know ourselves. She knows when we need to be nurtured and when we need to be held. She knows whether we're acting from a place of purity or from a place of greed. Her medicine allows our higher wisdom to be freed. And just as the trees do not judge the leaves that fall, we must not judge the emotions that arise or the tears that we cry, for there is nothing that water cannot purify. There is no darkness that the healing rivers cannot wash away. No matter how far in life we've been led astray, Mother will always guide us back into the light to play. She will guide us into love to stay, to bathe in her glorious gifts of genuine compassion, caressing and caring all of those parts we've neglected in human fashion, whilst the ego is lovingly dissected and the purity of our soul is delicately disinfected. To rid ourselves of all judgment and fear, to see higher truth that, truth that is now crystal clear. She guides us to wander down our paths of light, inspiring us with ideas and clear insight of helping others and healing the land, of loving all her sons and daughters, every animal, every plant and every grain of sand. For all is the great mother, which her medicine allows us to discover that we are not separate. There is no I, you or other. So treat her as your divine lover and soon you will uncover profound truths like no other. There it is, people. I hope you enjoyed. Peace and love. See you next time.